0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Tooele Happy Hour with your host David Weiss and Jared Anderson. Tonight's show, What is Graphene? And we have our special guest here. Daisy, would you introduce yourself to our audience, please?
1: Sure. Um, I am Daisy. I uh, was born in Brazil. I grew up there, started studying my undergraduate studies there, grew up from a really small town in the middle of the mountains, so it feels like coming back home now, living <laughs> <even> in Utah <laughs> with all the mountains around, and um, we started my undergraduate in uh, at the University of Sao Paulo. It's a really prestigious university in Brazil. I uh, did a little bit of my undergrad there in industrial and chemical engineering. Um, came to the US in 2008 to learn English i came with basically just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and after 2 weeks <laughs> got forced to learn to be able to speak with the family that i was an affair and um was quite interesting because i literally couldn't get internships in brazil because i didn't know english so now being able to not just speak but to teach and be able to communicate (laughs) was quite a change um from there and after um since uh january 2008 i have been um just not just learning english i went back to finish my degree here i studied at uic in chicago for my undergrad and my grad school part of my grad school also in Bordeaux in France so I can share a little bit more as I'm talking about uh, my my research and stuff and um, did my postdoc at Brown and now I moved to Utah. I started at the U in August and I'm really excited to be here to start my research group and become a professor and feel like really feels like a dream come true right now, and I'm really loving the experience and everything. So
0: So you're loving the U of U here in Utah.
1: I am. I am really loving it. It's been a great environment, a great place to work. Extremely supportive environment. Engineering is not as common to have a welcome place for women. It's actually quite common to have the opposite, especially if you're a woman with an accent being like, like, you know, Brazil and all of that a lot of uh, environment sometimes is not re- as receptive of that and I have been supported um, more than I could ever imagine uh, and welcome and people are just so trying to make sure that you are going to succeed and they're trying to encourage and trying to be welcome and trying to help in many ways and, and things that I might not be aware of they would Email me. Oh, if you should do this, and you should be aware of this, and everybody has been extra supportive and extra nice, and I'm loving it. <laughs> really, I, I've been having an amazing experience there.
0: Oh. Daisy, let me ask you this: Do you do you think that so in the career of chemical engineering, are are men threatened by women? Do you think is that why they kind of act the way they do?
1: I'm not sure um, if it is that. Um, Or if it is a lot of times just used to what they're accustomed to, right? Like back in the days, you wouldn't see many female professors, right? It used to be pretty much um, those groups of professors who would always have the same type that they were used to, right? So like, you know, if you go to certain universities, you're going to see that all professors come from a specific Mm -hmm. institution or, you know, like they're mostly like... And and almost it's not like a club, but it's almost like that where, like, you know, they they are used to or accustomed to that type uh, and they kind of tend to lean towards that again. And um, unfortunately, that's still the case in some universities and it's still the case in uh, some. I feel like the same thing that happens with racism and all those other things around. There's still that everywhere you go. Mm and I feel like engineering is not um, different than that, uh, and I feel like it's been a changing in culture. Um, I see now, like chemical engineering, is supposed usually students is about fifty percent women, and you would barely see women professors back in the days. And now you can see more and more, and they're really trying to. Open up and change that culture, and make sure that the students who have people that they can relate to. And you can see a lot of universities really like including that on that. Uh, but it's still not everywhere, and it's still where to find a place that is as supportive and welcome as this as the U has been. It has been amazing,
0: mm, right? And throughout the years, I've seen I've seen a flood of females starting to take the seats in STEM courses uh chemistry and and math and physics and all these things i think it's great that hey look i i'm I'm glad we're starting to get more people into those fields a diverse peoples um and and really i i think the more people that enter those fields the more opportunities that our society has to find new technologies new cures new elements new i new ways to do things more efficiently and women are part of the workforce women do have to now step up to the plate and take those positions in science it's almost expected now we're we're promoting it in commercials and and uh, and other type of literature that we publish out there we want people to go into stem and especially since it was such a male-dominated field I feel like we're almost like multiplying our capacity to do amazing things by promoting women into that kind of a science and technology field. And I just want to say, I think you're awesome, Daisy, for, for taking that step in 2008 to come to America, learn English and just propel yourself into this. Cause now, you know, as I, I know you personally, and I think what you're doing is amazing. And now I want to get into what graphene is and yeah how it's gonna change the world. What is graphene?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah just just going back on that I feel like it's just so good for especially the younger generation to see that this is a diverse place where they can feel like they can see somebody that looks like them and they can feel like yeah I should go to that too and it's something cool and exciting. And I and I love the the idea of like you know diversifying just because it is as as if we have more people that think differently, more ideas will come. The research is going to be like open to more ideas and and hopefully the future is going to be even better. But yeah, so graphene. Um, Graphene was rediscovered in 2009 and I say rediscovered because there was a a queen of carbon uh, back in in the eighties that kind of discovered, but wasn't fully um, known. So like in 2009, one person literally got graphite that you write with just a pencil. He started putting it in a paper. And then after that, he figured out that he could try to separate the layers of graphite. So he got a Scotch tape and start putting like, and taking it out and taking it out literally just from Scotch tape. And start separating the layers and then he got into a layer where it was just one carbon atom thick. So it was like a, the thinnest material oh. that you could ever find. And he literally got the Nobel Prize for using a scotch tape. So,
0: well, so, so Daisy, look, how, do you like just you grab an atom with a tweezer or something? And and uh, how, no, do, you, how no. do you do it? One layer <laughs> with.
1: <this. laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so in this case it was like it stuck to the to the scotch tape or the other substrate that he had, right? So he had kind of a slide and then he was just putting a scotch tape and taking it out and taking it in and, and this is it's stuck to it because um it is so thin, graphene is so so thin and so flexible that you cannot hold with your hand. Like, you know, it's it's going to crumble, it's going to be like it's so thin you cannot see with your naked eye. So if you get one hair one (laughs) uh, hair and divided by a thousand is going to be the thickness of graphene Mm -hmm. you cannot see with your naked eyes (laughs) so you would need a microscope to be able to see so he literally saw that it was like that with the scotch on the scotch tape uh, with microscope and other devices to try to characterize it Um, but you cannot get with a tweezer uh especially since it is so flexible if you try to touch with a tweezer it's just going to crumble um and it doesn't stay is not a it does it does need kind of a backbone to it like if you just want to like try to stretch it out you might be able to uh there are some people who are doing who are doing cool research back then trying to do like a really long layer of graphene on on a chemo- chemical vapor deposition is a thing that is just goes to really high temperature and you put gas in and creates graphene. Um, and they were able to create a long um, and, and large structure, but they did they had to put a substrate right back into it. Like it, if you just hold it, if you let it go, it's going to crumble and then it becomes like how kind of a crumble together. So it doesn't really stay in that shape unless demodified a little bit of the surface. If you include some oxygen or some other materials, then you that forces start to make it stretchy and and then you can stay a little bit more. But if you have just graphene or graphene oxide, reduced graphene, like other variations of it, it doesn't stay by itself like flat if it is like alone. Um, if you try to touch, it's gonna crumble. And I use a little bit of that for one of my researches with cancer before, like you had to have a a backbone to it. So it's literally just carbons arranged in a honeycomb kind of lettuce. And I'm just going to see if I can just show. Uh, I had it here. I don't know why it's not. Yeah. So there are different shapes that they can use, and the train the, the three main shapes that we use for for graphene is would be this one is the one that is done the most research with. Um, this one is just like a thin layer, and a lot of times you need a backbone to it unless you have it in solution or oxidized. And then we have this that would be like the kind of similar to a ball. And this here would be like the kind of nanotubes and things like that where it used for different types of um, applications. But this would be a little bit more stable. But still, you would not be able to just get with a tweezer or you would probably need a backbone or have a solution. Let me so ask Mikey,
2: yeah. on those pictures you showed, uh, yeah. how big is that? I, I, is that a close-up of something, or is that a oh, lattice yeah. that's one so, atom big?
1: Yeah, so graphing one, the graph, like if you have just this one here, is 0.33 nanometers. That's small. Huh. Extremely small.
2: <laughs> and does it does it automatically form into that geometric configuration? No. Or no, how it do, does not. How do you control that? So, how do you so, make it form? So
1: it's now on the synthesis and how you prepare them. Uh, so like for me in my case, um I want I usually use the sheets, but I use the sheets with like oxygen in groups in the end. So, when I make okay. it, because I'm making a solution, oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> His eyes are going to glaze. So, over. the sheets with oxygen, it, so then you've got to trap individual oxygen?
1: So, I don't do individually, but yes, I do in the synthesis and I do in bulk. So, <laughs> I, sheet- I'm
2: so lost. I, I No, graphene is sorry. amazing. Just
1: Let talk to everyone to else. You, there, I'm not smart there, enough
0: to understand just this. settle down. You'll get there. Yes, you are. Yes,
1: you are. Walk it's through okay. it. Walk
0: through it. So
1: so there are three different ways to make a graphene. Okay. So the the pristine graphene, the best graphene there is right now, is one where we have a copper foil, we heat it up to 1050 C, so extremely high temperature and we put methane in. So the carbons come and it just separates and aggregates it and the start become become this honey combo-like. And then it once you cool down, it goes to the top of the copper and it stays there. And the sheets is there and you don't need to do anything. Then we just take the copper out and we use it however we wanna use it when we transfer, because then we have that backbone. So this is the best, but it's expensive. We need gas, we need like really high temperatures. There's a lot of that. There is another way to make graphene is in solution. And this is the one that I use because I use 3D printing. So in this form, um, I just use graphite that we write with. I buy in bulk in powder, and I put a lot of acid and base and other things. And I just break out like, so first I make it the graphite smaller, and then after making it smaller, I use acid and some other things to separate the layers. And with that, using bases and other things, I do the oxygen as is doing this reaction. So the sheets will already have the oxygen when they're done. And this make it stable in the solution. So when I have graphene in water, the end of my solution is just water and graphene. Once I purified and do all this centrifugation and do all the cleaning that needs to get done, I'll have a solution with just water and graphene and nothing else. And because I have these oxygens from the bases and the the solution, it becomes really stable. And I can do a lot of different things with that solution. And that's what I mainly use for my research. So, does it make a little bit more sense on how you can make graphene now?
0: It's not like you're going to get a two by four graph mud.
2: But okay, yeah. so what does this graphene that you're making look like?
1: So I let me try to see. So let me see if I can share this. Uh, do you mind uh, allowing me to share the screen, and I can try showing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I I need to have permission from the Zoom Zoom. So if you can.
2: Where do I uh, give that permission? Boy, you are.
1: Uh, If you look on participants, and then you click on more. Okay. My name. Does it have a a allow share screen or something like that?
2: Do 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 allow multi pin allow record local files. uh, Make the host. I'll just make.
1: or make a co-host or something like
2: that. I'll just make you the host. There you go. All right, let's see if it kicks us off now. Okay. okay I'm going to going to have to do some Oh, look at that. Sorry. We got a PowerPoint. Yes. Okay, I've got to go like this and like this. Okay, so you're showing a graphing video.
1: Yes, I so, am
2: going to, uh, expand on this and get it in there. Okay. So go ahead and, and walk us through what you got. Here. So,
1: so literally like what I was, what they're trying to show here is pretty much like just what I mentioned a little bit on how, uh, what it is so it's really just the carbon atoms just rearrange, and, and it really looks like a honey combo
2: so it, and it automatically not- goes into that shape it naturally uh yeah wow that see now that's awesome
1: yes so literally like as you were doing the synthesis it just goes so you either start with graphite and you separate the layers or if is in a gas phase and it goes out together it just forms to that shape so it goes The as graphene just naturally because of the forces and things like that and how it, the carbon connects to each other you just rearrange in a honeycomb like and it's yeah and it's extremely useful in many many different applications so it is really conductive really strong like it doesn't break easily it's extremely flexible um and that just brings so, so, so many different applications. But and wasn't
0: its weakness, it's bri- it's very brittle.
1: So when it's, when it's oxidized and reduced, yes. So mm-hmm. in my case, a lot of times after I 3D print out my structures, I do a lot of uh, the drying process and remove all the water from it. And once I do that, it becomes brittle. And it does. So I have right now, part of my research is try to make sure that I can add other materials to my synthesis so I can make it not as brutal in the end. Uh, But yeah, so there are different ways that you can have the graphene. So on here, you can, you barely will be able to see, but there are like tiny bubbles or like little wrinkles on it. So on this glass slide on top of it there's a thin layer of graphene.
0: Hold on,
2: we got to adjust our screen One slightly. second here. I'm getting Sorry. the screen pulled in so that we can uh show this stuff. Yeah. Because this is uh this is about as cool a thing as I can think of. And I'm excited to see uh to see where this goes. Yeah. All right so break it down for us
1: so here there's a glass slide and on top of this glass slide there is a thin layer of graphene so little, that little, shadow
2: little. is a, is graphene
1: yeah so in, on top here there are like little bubbles and little wrinkles i don't know if you can see oops um and those little wrinkles and bubbles is the layer of graphene that we like the The little bubbles that you can barely see—that is some of the polymer that we put as a backbone as we're transferring the graphene to the glass slide. Um, and the wrinkles are just because it's really hard to do it and make it. This is like as a smooth as as we can get, but it's still really good quality and really good. And in this case, there on the top, what you're seeing is a actually a brain tissue that I used for brain cancer detection uh, when I was in Chicago. So like. It's literally just one layer of graphene um, here that's on top of the oh. of the glass slide. Yes.
2: That is very thin. I mean, it's so thin it only causes just a shadow. Yes. It doesn't even cause like a, a, an actual, it doesn't like kill the uh, opacity of the glass. It's just a shadow.
1: Yes. And if you actually like have the solution, what is quite interesting is because like, if you have a a bulk material of that, like if you have a huge solution of that, it's quite black. So uh, when I'm 3D printing the graphene and I have it inside of my syringe to 3D print it, is actually, uh, let me see here. This one has it. So when I have it on the, the 3D printer, this. Inside of this syringe over here, you can see like there's a black solution here. I hope.
2: I am going this to black. zoom in on that. Okay. All right. So that that needle there is is 3D printing the uh, the graphene right now. Yes. You're, you're making it looks like you're making a shape. That is rounded uh, rectangle with uh, cylinders in the middle?
1: Yes, it's kind of hollow cylinders that I'm 3D printing, yes. Mm. Oh, wow. So I was just trying to 3D print hollow cylinders. So I 3D printed some larger structures and smaller, but this is just like... So inside of the syringe, what you see the black there is just graphene solution, and I just... So I make, like I mentioned to you before a little bit that I had, like I start with graphite and I separate the layers with acid and base and other things and then I clean it up. And in the end, I have a solution of just graphene and water. And once I have that solution, I remove most of the water and graphene acts like a gel so I can 3D print any shape that I want. So the two... two, two Ways that I make graphene is either CVD, where you saw on the glass, that really thin layer that is like you can't see, or when it's bulk becomes this black kind of solution because we're starting from graphite. And in this case, it's oxidized already. So you have graphene oxide here um, being 3D printed. And it's really cool because because of the oxygens and how graphene it is by itself, like the nature of graphene, it is really acts like a gel, so literally, I can 3D print in any shape that I want. And I had like some larger structures 3D printed. Um, so here, a little bit.
2: So, after you make that gel, I mean, theoretically, down the road in the future, we could find ourselves with, uh, with for lack of a better word, 3D printers that are designed to use this stuff and uh and
0: that could uh i mean but it oxidizes as soon as it comes out of the 3d printer i'm assuming correct
1: yeah so it's already oxidized before i even put it on the 3d printer so my solution is already like graphene oxide um so i already have the oxygen's radicals inside of the the like it's already the graphene is already oxidized when i started printing uh, but that's really common, uh, really easy to find. And back then, when I started in 2015, it was extremely expensive to buy. Now you can buy like 10 grams for like $500. And I'm assuming that later on it's going to become even cheaper than that. Um, oh, because yeah. More, more. Yeah, so it's becoming better and more accessible. And even the 3D printers, if you think like when I started, it was so expensive. Now you can get some really cheap 3D printers and uh it's easy to get and people have been at home so it's really cool to see Mm. that too like like there's a lot and and this 3d printer here too uh that i'm printing here this I, i actually did in france and at that time the 3d printer that could 3d print like gels like this was really expensive so they modified one normal 3d printer they bought bought a $700 at the time 3d printer and modified it and made it to print gels now you can easily buy for 1,500 a tissue scriber like what people would use for tissue engineering for bio related research and they do the same thing and they can like you can easily buy a cheaper one and I'm assuming that later on it's going to become even cheaper to get so I could see that in the future, maybe people would be able to 3D print graphene at home or other type of 2D nanomaterials.
2: Well, like say you go to an auto mechanic and he says, oh, this part on your car is bad. So he downloads a program, plugs it into his graphene 3D printer and prints out the replacement part, you know, uh, water pump or something like that. How Well, compared to the plastic out of a 3D printer right now, how durable is the graphene?
1: Uh, so, unfortunately, that's like part of my research. What I'm, what I wanna to accomplish in my next like two to three years is try to see what polymers and what what other things that I can mix inside of graphene to make it more like water resistant, more flexible, more durable. Because right now it is quite brittle. So when I actually put it in a in a in a device to to just kind of crash like this was just mechanical stress i was just trying to see how much it could have could could last um it just breaks it so like after you're going it breaks and it's easy to break it's not as strong as i would like and part of my research what i'm hoping to accomplish is to be able to make it a lot more flexible and more like uh Durable too. So because of that, right now it's not as durable as as strong as I would like it to be.
0: And that's because it oxidizes.
1: It's not just oxidizing; it's just graphene nature's like. So once you, because in this state, it's oxidized and reduced. But once it's really dry and out of the water, you don't have just the one sheet. In this case, I have many, many sheets all around, and it's all mixed, and I have a lot of voids in between. Mm-hmm. so those voids make it not as strong so as I'm like crushing it the voids are just crashing into each other and just like crumbled it all and just becomes like one like all together kind of stuck so what I want to do is to be able to make it even if it is if you have a lot of voids because so let me back up a little bit and try to explain the process of like the 3D printing part of what I do so I make the solution of graphene. It has a lot of water. A lot of times has about 80% still with just water inside with graphene. So then I 3D print it, and I make the structure, whatever design I want, and then it's still with a lot of water in it. So then I go and put in a lyophilizer and I dry, and I remove all the water. Make it a really cold temperature, remove all the water, and it becomes just the graphene. So that huge structure now has a ton of holes and voids in between now because I'm around because I removed 80% of the structure that was there. So you ended up just with that graphene. And what happens is any little thing is just going to crush and, and, you know, it's not as strong as I would like it to stay on that shape. So it holds by itself if you don't put pressure, if you don't do anything, it stays there. So I had one device that was like that for almost a year and a half and nothing happened. Like it would stay there, no problem, will last, will not oxidize much more, It not reduced much more, it just stays in the shape and stays the, the properties, stays the same. But... If you think about, like, say that you want to have at home or if you want to have outside or anything like this, if you want to put it in any different application, people are going to touch it, step on it or like weather, like, you know, if you think of water or anything like this, then it's going to affect it. So then this way uh, will change a little bit and will crash. And that's what I'm trying to work on. So most of the research that has been done with 3D printing lately, especially with like graphene using the semiconductor, other things, they use really thin layers. So you don't see that much macro macro structures being 3D printed right now. But I feel like it will be soon, especially now there's a lot of other, what they call 2D nanomaterials. Because graphene is called a 2D because it's so thin that everything happens just in X and Y. It doesn't have the Z direction because it's so thin, everything like conduction, mechanical, uh, electrical, uh, anything you can think. is just like X and Y. There's no Z here. And there's like, now there's MOS2 that is a semiconductor. There's bottom nitride that is an insulator. There's a lot of maxines. There's so many more materials. And I feel like almost every month we find out a new... <laughs> material that is coming out that is being explored with that and I feel like once more and more materials are being mixed here this research is just gonna explode more and more in the different applications and different uses Um, so it, it has been graphene has been exploited a lot and I think like it's becoming more popularized lately but there's a lot of other materials that are going to be just as important as crucial for this new research and new areas that are coming up
2: yeah it seems like uh uh not just the graphene but the other the ability to take and make other uh, make other uh materials um how do i put this the ability to take and make other materials 3d printable on the molecular level i think that's going to be uh that's going to change everything that's where we can start designing materials and extracting what we want out of it.
1: Yeah. So there's like, I just came from a conference a couple of weeks ago, and there were so many research into semiconducting. So like they were trying to 3D 2D or 3D printing, like really thin semiconductors. Um and some biosensing. There was really cool, like, cancer research that was done with different, so they would combine different materials in the, t- the 3D printing, and they could try to detect which type of tissue was in there. Um, there's just so many different applications that are coming out now with this 2D nanomaterials. It's really, really, really exciting to see, like, what the future can hold mm. and can come with that, yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, That's It's all above my head, and it is amazing. It really is.
1: It's above mine, too, so I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking, I was in the conference, and there were times that I was just like in awe, and I wasn't sure, like, is it even just above me, too? Because there's just so many details on the cancer, especially, like, that I couldn't, but it's just I could see, like, the use of the material, not so much of the bio side of it, but it's just amazing to see how much it's coming out of it.
2: Now, graphene is made from carbon, correct?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And we seem to have a uh, uh, there's concern right now that we have been putting too much carbon into our atmosphere, correct? So, graphene might be a possible answer for, uh, say, say not just carbon, but say we have any kind of, uh, or or not, I shouldn't say graphene, the ability to isolate atoms and use them in a productive way might be an answer if we start having an excess of most anything.
1: I think, like, it's... So there are some research being done now with graphene as a sensor and graphene as membranes and things like that. So like uh, two years ago, they 3D printed a little uh, filter kind of to put in a cap of water bottle. So once you actually are drinking water, graphene would filter it. Yeah, because carbon
2: is is the best filter. So they're they're making a cap that's a graphene
0: what oh see how awesome would that be well i heard they were trying to make space elevators out of this stuff theoretically yes i'd say
1: we
2: make a space elevator would be phenomenal but a, a water filter i mean that's something that you could produce and give anywhere where they don't have access to clean water all they have to have is a junky aquafina bottle
1: Yeah, so actually they published that two years ago. It's really cool. So they literally just 3D printed a little piece that would go on top of the water bottle. So like, you know, you could go like you could close the cap normally, but and then we just filter it. Uh, It doesn't get everything yet, but I feel like we'll be able to get there one day. But there's a lot of things like that where people are using not just to filter, but also to sense it. So there is like one research that was done where I was at in Brown that um, they were trying to detect um, organic volatile compounds. That's like, so every time you buy a new furniture, there's that smell that comes out of new furniture. Mm -hmm. And that is actually not healthy and not okay to have. And there's a lot of things like that, that is not like good for the body that we have at home. So they were trying to create those sensors that you can put in your house so you'd be able to see if you have been exposed to that or like, you know, if it needs to be have remediation or something like that. So they were trying to create the sensors and the sensor was literally just graphene. They would just concentrate it and put it. And then graphene would be able to kind of stick to graphene, those those gases would stick to graphene so I couldn't see so much I think like especially with what you're talking about, the, I'm assuming you're talking about CO2 and other things like this I think that would be a little bit harder to separate the carbon just from that but I could see being a sensor for that and trying to detect or capture it like you know or, or something like that. Um, even though I don't see the possibility well, so easily of like making ca- graphene but
2: if they captured it would they be able to then use it because if they so- use graphene to capture the
0: carbon to make more graphene because there's so much more other stuff in the air than CO2 I mean yeah there it's a it's a combination of all sorts of crazy gases and and sometimes surprises so it's uh it's not like you can just separate one molecule out of the air that's in front of us it's it's going to be a conglomeration well, we separate thing. the molecules now
2: yeah okay that so, beer so, machine behind me has, is a uh, uses co2 it's pure co2 sure how do they get it
1: yeah I- I I don't I don't have the answer to that, but I definitely know that there there are a lot of uh different applications that are coming out and some are crazy. So, you know, you never know. <laughs> I, can't I can't wait. And I and I and I tell my students a lot of that, like um there's no crazy idea because if you would had asked me before I heard that the person got a Nobel Prize to find graphene with a scotch tape. I would say, like you know, that's insane. <laughs> Nobody would win the Nobel Prize not with scotch tape. You know, <laughs> the like a, the <laughs> funnest
0: million dollars ever made.
1: No, <laughs> so, there is no crazy idea. You never know where it's going to take you, and and you know, like so, I always tell them like explore and be like you know, we have a a crazy idea don't think it's crazy. Try it out. Let's talk. Let's figure out if it's feasible. Let's try to figure out if we can do it because you never know what is going to happen. And sometimes a crazy idea may make you win an auto prize. Who knows? Oh,
2: <laughs> well, and so you said right now your research is you're trying to find uh, other things that you can add to it to make it stronger or to maybe change it make it more flexible more less brittle uh everything else because i mean it just sounds like it would make a an ideal structure to stick something else to where you can you can gel it out of a 3d printer into a into a uh, skeleton and then you can add something to the outside
1: yeah, so there are people who have been doing that. So there's a tissue engineering right now. So when they're trying to 3D print an organ or something like that, they put a stem cells. Some people are using graphene and some other of variation of graphene to differentiate it. So they put the, the they they do the modeling like the design what they want to try to create with graphene and kind of fill up with the with stem cells. And the graphing helps differentiate and form it, whatever mm. order they're trying to do. So there are things like that being done, but it's not so much on my field. I'm way more into like I, uh, one paper that I published uh, in 2020 is, is just creating a film that would be antibacterial and antiviral. And I want to try to think about like thicker surfaces that would be like having the same application. So I'm trying to 3D print the surfaces now and I wanted to make it durable and, you know, more flexible and things like that. So I want to try to see what other materials can I mix and to make those surfaces like antiviral and antibacterial that would last a long time. Um, You know, the films I was able to... Wash it 20 times and was still active. It was still like killing bacteria and virus after 20 washes So I want to try to create something like that, but in a much larger scale the film was extremely thin and extremely like um, Not as strong we couldn't remove it from the substrate or transfer to another area So I want to try to create now a 3d printed where you could literally create a surfaces to other so with that, I definitely want to explore more different ways that I can make it more flexible. So like, you know, if you are touching it, or if you are like moving too much, it would be able or to. Maybe
2: for doctors with their masks and their gloves have a, would it be something that could be used like that?
1: Hopefully, yes. Uh, I, I hope to get there one day. It's a little bit far from that right now, but I see that that is definitely a possibility. So. Um, when I started there were not many people that had done graphene with antiviral antibacterial, so it's new to that now. So uh in in the way that we use because we use graphene to, to trap the the substances that were antiviral and antibacterial. So we were using graphene more as a controlling mechanism of like how this molecules would be released. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different than what was used before, but yeah, so um yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of that, and I also want to try to create electronic applications, and electronic devices that you can have outside or solar cells or things like that. I want it to be able to, like, be able to hold any type of um, weather or uh, things like that. So I want to try to create more flexible and stronger devices. Mm. So I definitely will mix some other things to graphing to try to create that
0: there's there's so much more to do with graphene to make it a usable product i mean like right now we're just able to get small clumps of it and it breaks apart but theoretically this is going to be some of the strongest stuff on on planet earth just because it naturally forms into that that um what's the word and then the honeycomb structures yeah,
2: well not just that but abundance and versatile where yeah you'll be able to build a skeleton i mean uh well, we've got a few comments asking about it. <laughs> okay. Now, some of these comments are earlier and you have covered them, but Corey says, uh, graphene, the product that's going to do anything to get out of the research lab. Can't wait for mass production of it. He also asks, have they made graphene paste like they have with metal paste? And that's kind of that gel you were talking about would kind of be a graphene paste, correct?
1: Yes. And there's like, there's a company that is using it similar to a spray. So they're trying to make it water resistant, like even to use in a cell phone or something like that. So there's a company that is doing that right now. And there's a couple of other companies that are trying to use in that aspect. So yeah, it's becoming more and more popular. And I feel like really soon people are going to hear more about, because there are some other companies that have been using that, uh, but it hasn't been as, um exposed i guess like people were not aware that that's what was happening or that's what was going on and i feel like more and more people are gonna hear more and more in the future like that that's actually graphing that they have been using
2: Mm. kevin says supporting you kevin ramirez uh supporting you all the way daisy i'm a chem e student at the u so sounds like uh kevin is uh is a chemical engineering student there with you at the u so you guys might run into each other yes (laughs) you might already know each other but yeah kevin (laughs) jump in uh you know this is fascinating stuff thank you okay now Corey does say wasn't it invented by rubbing graphite on scotch tape and putting it on a cd burner putting it in a cd burner
0: um it
2: there was scotch tape involved don't know about the cd burner
0: then he asks can it stop a bullet better than kevlar i think the answer is theoretically yes uh theoretically this is
2: a back uh, uh a skeletal structure that daisy's gonna invent ways to use however i'm looking forward to a space elevator though well i mean <laughs> If you think so, about
1: So you know, like NASA has a lot of research with 2D nanomaterials and when I was applying for a postdoc, I was considering uh going to one area there because they were using a lot of that so they're using it to protection around it, right? Because it is water resistant, nothing can pass through it. So it's really protective. There's like things like that. So there was a lot of research going on already that I don't know what is the development now, but this was like three years ago. Um, they're also trying to build one laser machine that can would be able to do the same thing a normal laser do, but in a much smaller scale. And this laser was going to be built with also like part of, MOS2 and graphene and some other 2D nanomaterials that I worked with. Um, So there's so many, like, I don't, I believe that they might have already been using something like that because this has already been, they were talking about this on their, like, applications. That was three years ago. So I'm assuming now they probably already have used that in a lot of different ways on their... Space
2: Force is carrying graphene laser pistols right now that's what's like different
1: different applications so you you may not be far david
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think i think this is i think it's amazing technology that can i mean uh, it can build a a skeletal structure that you can add stuff to and maybe pull us away a little bit from using oil-based plastics a little bit i think that would be uh that would be uh a movement in the
1: green direction yeah because graphene once it becomes like above 300 c 300 celsius it just becomes a powder pretty much like you know it just decomposes it so you know it's it's definitely something that is not as bad for the environment so we just have to be careful in what we're mixing with or how we use it in different ways right because like if i mix it with a polymer that is not going to be biodegradable or something like that, then there is no point. right? Like Mm. I'm not making it better. Uh, So it's pretty much like trying to figure out what are good ways that we can try to make it uh, still durable, but it's still like in a way that is also biodegradable and and safe for the environment.
0: Well, oh, I'm, I'm glad you decided to make the move to uh, the U.S. in 2008. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it has led you to this point to help us solve these these science problems of the world. And, uh, you know, I, I hope maybe even this podcast, if it reaches some, some little girl or little boy out there looking to figure out what to do with their future, STEM sciences. I'm telling you, STEM sciences are where it's at. That's mm-hmm. the most productive thing we can do with ourselves, I think personally as 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 intellectual minded people if uh if someone sees this podcast and is inspired to do what daisy does in the chemical engineering world in the future i i I will say i've made uh this the most of my life yeah hey uh uh, winnie uh carvalho
2: says love it." It, it do you know a winnie carvalho yeah, this is actually from Brazil. <laughs> okay,
1: well,
2: they're on yeah. here watching right now. Obrigado para ver meu podcast, Winnie. <laughs> Great, I, I don't know any Portuguese. I do. It was probably I, not Portuguese. Okay. I know a little bit of Spanish. Uno cerveza, por favor. The army <laughs> sent cool me to Cuba for six months, and that's what I walked away with because I'm a moron that likes beer. <laughs> But, uh, no, this is amazing stuff. I, I've, yeah. I've often wondered. I've heard graphene mentioned a lot. I've looked into it a little bit. But it's uh, it's pretty awesome to know, one, somebody that works on the forefront of it. And um, and to know that they're already trying to work with it in the medical field, which I think is very important. Um yeah, just finding different applications and things like that. I think that is amazing.
1: And just adding to what you said, and just like you said, dude, like the flexibility of it is just like amazing. It's not just STEM, right? Like I love STEM because... Little you can go to any field. Like chemical engineers usually design reactors. I would never imagine that starting out work with nanomaterials, electric device, cancer, or anything like this. Like You know, it's so diverse. You can go to so many different areas. Like, you know, it's not because you're studying this field that you're going to go stuck to it. Like science is amazing because it's just so flexible. And um, the graphing per se, so like I when I started my PhD, I was doing polymer printing with graphene, electronic devices, then went from just gel of like electronic devices creating like, is it flexible or not, changes conductivity and understand a lot of like how the electronic de- devices happening with graphene. Then after that, I did cancer detection. So like not at all related to the electronic devices, right? Like those thin materials creating to detect which type of tissue it was cancers or not. Then after that, I did like different trapping different molecules with graphene to try to create this control with, like, antiviral, antibacterial surfaces, different types of surfaces. So, like, just me alone, I work with electronic, I work with biodetection, I work with surfaces, and there's so many more that can go into it. I, I feel like now, even, and if you think of all these different other people that are also doing like different crazy ideas and research of graphing. It's so amazing how flexible and how different it is. Like, they're not like you were focused on just this small area and you were just, for example, electronic device or semiconductor. like, no, it's like this electronic can go in so many different ways. And it's just so, so amazing to be able to be like, you know, in a way working in so many different areas and being so flexible and how I can use that is amazing. I love it.
0: Mm. sounds like it's going to keep you busy for a few years there daisy mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely will
2: <laughs> it is it is amazing um help me out with this last name in the comments dave uh glorum, glorum uh is that
0: right glorum glorum sapata she says i'm proud of you Yeah. little heart emoji oh, see you got a fan club already daisy yeah i think i
2: think uh it's only going to grow from here this is this is awesome stuff. Um,
0: wow! Thank you. Well, you you stay in the U of U and uh, do this amazing work and make Utah proud. I, I'm I'm glad that you've came here and I'm glad that you're going to be contributing in such a magnificent way. I'm excited to see what you end up making. Way
2: excited. This is. Thank you.
1: I'm super excited too, and I hope I can contribute, and I can. Come up with
2: some really cool stuff yeah oh man i'm excited i am excited um everyone uh daisy thank her for her work she's doing and all the awesome Mm -hmm. stuff she has going on uh this is this is really cool um i could i ask if you have a kind of a breakthrough on making something really cool, would you let us know?
1: Sure, yes I can definitely How uh, as soon as I get a, uh, something ready for a publication how will let you guys know <laughs>
2: Perfect, or even when you publish something let us know so we know yes. to go find it, this is awesome
1: Yes, yes I'll definitely let you know Thank yes. you so much for having me I really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit and yes oh, and If well, anyone has any about chemical engineering or science or anything reach out (laughs) i love talking about it so
2: this is awesome everyone thank daisy thank you daisy and we will uh we will talk to you guys again next week